Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Your main supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now, good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you until 8pm, bringing you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Uh, now, to start off, what a fantastic day today. Some lovely mild weather and in essence, the first proper growing day that we have had this year. I know yesterday was almost there, but today was the, was the real one we were looking for and temperatures well in the double figures uh, today and right up to the weekend, which will get some much needed heat into the ground and really get things moving growth wise so it's exactly what the doctor ordered uh, and I know personally I went for a, a walk the other evening and I was uh, a surprised uh, at the lack of grass everywhere I think there was more grass around maybe six weeks ago and that seems to be the um, uh, the point that most people are making that uh, frost of the last few weeks uh, really just burnt off any grass that was there so we really need that little bit of heat now at the moment just to get things going in the right direction and uh, thankfully it's after coming so Hopefully it stays with us now for uh, the next period of time. On to this evening's programme and we have a busy lineup over the course of the next hour. Uh, speaking of growth, this is one of the most important weeks of the year for next winter's silage reserves. There's a full page advertisement in both the Farming Indo and the Irish Farmers Journal this week telling farmers to spread nitrogen on silage ground and close them up this week. However... Uh, and it is a big however with fertilizer in around 1000 euro a ton uh, this is far easier said than done for most farmers and joe Patton from chagas will join me to speak about winter feed budgeting and also the multi-species sward and clover scheme uh, that's a payment for uh, buying seed for multi-species sward and for clover and it is available until tomorrow uh, but you don't have to buy the seed up until the end of the summer so look we will hear more about that a little bit later Glanbia recently announced a fixed milk price scheme for the next three years and it looks at a base price of 42 cent for year one 40 cent for years two and three so with milk prices currently hovering at 50 cent per liter will many farmers go for this uh, that is the question. Uh, Glambia have also announced that milk checks will be paid twice per month uh, for the next period of time to help with input costs. With news of this and an update on fertiliser prices and the peak milk penalty, which was signed off on last year, which is in force for these months. This is the first month it actually came in. It was, if you went over production, if you were uh, producing 550,000 litres, if you went, uh, if you were under 550,000 litres, you were allowed to increase production by 5%. And if you were over 550,000 litres, uh, you couldn't go any more than 2.5% over your base year. And April is the first month that that kicked in. Now, with grass growth the way it was for the last couple of weeks, not much chance of you going over supply at the moment. But with May and June uh, just around the corner uh, uh, who knows what will uh, the weather will bring so it'll be interesting to see if farmers uh, are uh, hit with that or not Pat O'Keefe uh, from Glanbia joins us later here on the programme to run through all of those topical issues from uh, from the processor now we are always looking for ways to improve 
animal health and good health starts in the gut for both animals and humans alike. Sealac is a company based in the west of Ireland and they specialise in seaweed as a feed additive for animals. So with up to 60 different vitamins and minerals that can help boost an animal's performance, it's definitely worth talking about. The additive comes in flakes, licks and in a form that can be added directly to milk when feeding calves. So now is a really opportune time to look at this. With details of all of these different ingredients, Jennifer Dempsey from Sealac will join me a little bit later here on the programme. And that's a fully family-owned business. Uh, two sisters, mum and dad, all working in it. And uh, busy, busy, busy people this time of the year. Uh, as always, please text the show with your comments, thoughts or questions to 083 30 10 103. I'd be happy to put anything to our guests this evening. And to start, I have some news items I want to run through. Uh, such a busy week, I have to say, over the course of the last seven days since I was speaking to you. Uh, one piece of news that came in today, and that is the 13 million fund for pig farmers and it is roughly to work out to be about €70,000 per pig farm. Now, it sounds like a lot. However, uh, figures showing, IFA figures are showing that some uh, pig farms are losing up to 60000 per month uh, at the moment. So it's uh, it's something uh, to get that payment, but uh, going to be very, very, very hard for pig farmers to stay going this year with input costs where, where they are. I really don't know uh, how how they're going to do it and uh, it is uh, challenging and troubling times uh, challenging is not the right word troubling really troubling times for pig farmers at the moment but uh, that fund is there 13 million uh, uh, which has been announced in the last day or so uh, last week we spoke about uh, peak milk penalty from uh, Glanvia last year Lakelands followed suit last week and there's a penalty for April, May and June very similar and it's going to be 4 cent per litre for additional milk and uh, that was announced last week. I had the CEO of Lakelands on here a couple of years ago and I asked him about uh, people uh, producing additional milk or new entrants and they said that the uh, the gates were open and uh, they were all welcome. Anyone who wanted to produce milk was welcome to come on board. So how things change in a couple of years? Uh, totally different mindset now than, uh, than 24 months ago in relation to that. Uh, also, the beep scheme and the dairy beef calf scheme I mentioned these to you last week and I want to make sure that you are familiar with them so the 25th of April that's next Monday week that is the closing date for the beef scheme and the dairy calf scheme also the details of the dairy calf scheme it went up slightly I think last year it was worth 400 euros it's worth 800 euro this year it's 20 euro for 40 calves and uh, weighing is the main priority for that for the beep scheme it is weighing uh, vaccination or meal feeding and faecal egg testing and that's worth 90 euro for the first 10 cows and 80 euro thereafter to a max of 100 cows now that's not going to bother many people uh, if anyone uh, suckler farmers in around 20-25 cows now the majority of suckler farms so both of those schemes can be accessed by ag food and uh, they are very straightforward uh, especially the dairy beef scheme that is uh, 800 euro for 40 calves just a matter of clicking the button uh, weighing them with a registered weigher and uh, that money then is got at the end of the year so you have a week and a bit to apply for them at Tam's increase I had Minister McConlogue on the programme here a number of weeks ago about a month ago now and I mentioned to him about the TAMS increase which was badly needed he said he was working on it at the time so uh, announcements have been made of an increase this week uh, not as much as 
farmers would like from 5 to 15 percent is where the increases are and uh, increases have gone way 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 over that since the last costings but that is what has been announced also if you're working in the poultry sector uh, the TAM ceiling has moved from 80,000 up to 200,000. Now, I don't think it's going to be many people in poultry building this year, uh, given what's happening with inputs, but that is the TAMs from 5 to 15%, and uh, not really enough, not in line with the uh, increase in input costs over the course of the last year. But that's what it is. In relation to input costs, an uh, interesting piece of work by Chagas over the course of the last few months and about output uh, about output on farms and uh, about the uh, higher production costs and it was uh, announced today and I was wondering myself if this high dairy price this high milk price was going to be enough to give dairy farmers a margin uh, and it seems that it will. Dairy farmers seem likely to be least affected given the extremely buoyant dairy market outlook for the coming months. In spite of the rise in production costs, farm milk prices are at an unprecedented level and it is conceivable that the Irish dairy farm income in 2022 could be on a par with 2021. So milk at in around 50 cent a litre is uh, just so good that it is cutting out those increased input costs. However, not the same news for the rest of the industries. The average cattle rearing farm is forecast to experience a significant drop in income. Sheep farms face a decrease in income in 2022. Uh, Tillage farms will likely see a fall in income and the greatest challenge at present are undoubtedly being faced by the pig farmers uh, with, as we said, the average pig farm uh, losing up on 60,000 per month. Actually, the average figure here, according to Chagas, is uh, pig farmers have lost €166,000 since the start of the year. Uh, so crazy, crazy high figures there. But the dairy farmers looking like, uh, with that buoyant milk price, that they are going to be going OK in 2022. That's at fertiliser current prices. Who knows where they're going to end up uh, in the next few months, uh, given everything that's going on globally. And that is it uh, on a, a roundup of news. Oh, actually, the other thing I meant to mention to you is, and you will see this on the Farmer's Journal tomorrow, and that is a ban on the sale of turf, which was announced earlier this week from 1 September. So uh, we'll do a little piece on this next week. But I believe uh, the rules are going to be that if you have turbary rights, if you have turf cutting rights, you are allowed to tough uh, to cut turf, I should say, for your own use. But the commercial sale of it is going to be banned from 1 September, uh, which is uh, something that will not go down well with the majority of people in the Midlands and going to be a very hard one. Police, that one, uh, Eamon Ryan, have to be out keeping an eye on bags of turf as to where they're going to go uh, because I wonder if there's a caveat in it that uh, you might be able to give turf for free to uh, to somebody. Uh, I wonder if they've looked at that. We'll have to go through that legislation or those rules with a fine-tooth comb next week and we'll see uh, exactly what is on the table but uh, not the news people want to hear uh, especially in certain areas where turf cutting uh, is a uh, a big big part of the heritage now coming up after the break we are going to be talking about uh, fertilizer uh, well we're going to be talking about growing grass for next season's uh, silage and uh, fertilizer prices with joe Patton from chagas so stay tuned and we'll be speaking about that in just a moment and you're very welcome back to country life here on midlands 103 now we've joe Patton from chagas on the line joe many thanks for taking my call this evening uh, we're going good, Joe, and it's a very important week in the grass-growing calendar. 
Uh, the advice is to spread fertiliser on silage ground over the next couple of days and close it up so we have plenty in store for next winter. Uh, however, uh, we have a slight problem, I suppose, in that uh, fertiliser is very expensive. So while I mentioned at the start of the programme, uh, dairy farmers seem to be looking OK with high milk prices, it's the other side of the coin, the beef and the sheep farmers, who are struggling to afford it in reality. So it's it's hard uh, to go out and buy something when it's at this price and uh, when you're really not sure what's going to happen in the next few months. Yeah, I fully agree. And it's it is, you have a lot of sympathy for people when they're looking at the price per tonne uh, of fertiliser. And it's their eye-watering levels now at this stage. And we've almost become become used to looking at these figures. But look, I suppose the message we have for, for, for this week and for this week in particular, we can really see... You know, we're measuring grass in a lot of farms over the country. Growth is beginning to take off. So the responses to fertiliser would be very good from now on. And I suppose, look, we're really trying to get the message out that uh, the main point is that, you know, we have to look forward to next winter and see what's the what, what's the, the, the state of play going to be in terms of feed availability next winter. And certainly, you know, concentrates and the things we relied on in other years when we had shortages of fodder, like feed and straw and meal and things like that, you know, our advice would be not to just be fully relying on those for, for next year. Maybe the cheaper option, even though it is very expensive, the more economic option, I suppose, is to spread some fertiliser and, and you know, for, for dry stock farmers and dairy farmers to, to, to bank their own feed uh, as best they can uh, over the next couple of months. So, like, we've done some very small, very simple figures on that, like, really, you know, a tonne uh, you know, ton of, of, of urea, essentially, could, could grow you something in the region of 40 tonne, could put about 40 tonne of silage in the pit. Um, the money that you would spend, the same amount of money spent on meal wouldn't go too far next winter to feed it, to feed a herd of cattle or a herd of, or a flock of sheep. So we just want to keep that in mind. It's getting value for what we can over the next few months. And uh, what's the word on the, on the ground, uh, Joe, from the Chagas Advisors throughout the country? I, I presume uh, people are pulling back massively on the amount of fertiliser they, they have spread and are, and are spreading just given the cost. Yeah, look, it's definitely, um, we've done a bit of survey work and we're in, co- we're in constant contact with our advisors all around the country on this MJ. And like what we would have seen was that certainly on dry stock and dairy farms, the, there was a delay on the first application of nitrogen and maybe a reduction uh, in it as well for grazing ground. But our recent survey there, we've done about 400 surveys on, on dairy and 400 surveys on dry stock over the last few days. And what we can see is that for the most part, Dairy farmers, for the most part, have spread pretty much the normal rates, or so that's what they're telling us. They've used plenty of slurry and used the normal rates of fertilizer, or pretty close to it. Um, there's maybe 10, 15 percent of people have dropped back significantly, but for most people, they've kind of stuck to the plan. Really, uh, maybe on the dry stock side, not so much. There's been a, a bit more of a cutback on that on that side of things, and you know that's understandable given, I suppose, the the difference in the two systems in terms of cash flow coming into the business or into the into the farm uh, but still look at I, I think things will maybe if the weather picks up and maybe if we get you know the, the, the bit of heat extra maybe um, more dry stock farmers will take the opportunity to try and get fertilizer out and, and, and get silage ground moving and I think it's something they really should do you know 
And say for the dry stock farmers, Joe, and again, I'm just concentrating on them because of the, the, the cost implications, yep. uh, the the minimum, the absolute minimum uh, fertilizer you could get away with, just say your peas and K's are, are you know, fairly okay and, and you have been spreading fertilizer over the years, but you're just really cost conscious this year. Uh, you can spread slurry, maybe two, two and a half thousand uh, gallons to the acre or litres to the acre. Um, what would your, your base minimum that you'd be, you'd be saying to farmers to spread uh, along with that? Yeah, well, look, I suppose the thing we just remember there is like this is the time now where we're going to get, you know, our best response and our best our best response to nitrogen energy. Like the, the, the grass plant is essentially trying really to push hard to grow at this time of the year. So it makes sense to to push it on. If you're going to use fertilizer, now is the time really over the next week or so is the time to do it. So, look, our rule of thumb really around that is kind of, look, at you're saying something in the region of... Um, like 80 units or 100 kilos, 80 units per acre, I suppose, 100 uh, kilos per hectare. So the 80 units per acre is really the, what we would call in the minimum. That, that would include, um, you know, that would include your slurry as well. So for a lot of people, that's going to mean something like 60 units or thereabouts maybe of, of, of bag nitrogen, that, that sort of level. I know you'd be thinking that sounds like maybe that's a lot and it might be something that feels like it's a, it's a big bill at this time of the year. But look, at if you're going to get value out of some input, you know, if you have to spend the money to feed the herd, uh, that, that's probably going to be the place you're going to get the value. You know, because look at ultimately, ultimately we have a feed demand on the farm. The stock has to be fed. Um, so what are we going to do? Are we, if maybe for some people they're going to think about cutting back on numbers. You know, that's our advice is for people to do their own numbers on that. That's everybody's individual decision as to what you want to do. But if you are planning on keeping the numbers up and keeping the numbers the same, dairy or dry stock. You have to have a feed budget, know what you're going to need, uh, and that's going to mean the need for silage over the next while. And really, that 80 units per acre total nitrogen is probably the best bet in terms of getting the best balance between sort of value and, and yield as well. Now is the time for the budget, uh, Joe, isn't it? With your farm advisor, be it Chagas or Independent, like to go in today, tomorrow, uh, the next day, and just really find out what it is, what your plan is, uh, because now, now is the time not to be worrying about it in next August. I, I think so. You know, the sooner you do any of these budgets, the better. And like, we don't have to complicate it too much, MJ. I know there's there's 101 different budget sheets out there with all sorts of complications and all sorts of calculations on it. But most people are going to have a fair idea themselves as to what the, you know, what they're going to need. So, like, you know, you're sort of saying, is it going to be eight ton per head if you like for cows or cow equivalent, something like in and that in that you know in that ballpark. So it's looking like that's pretty much an acre of good, you know, an average between first and second cut, it's an acre per per cow almost, you'd be talking about cutting, you know, that's the thing. So, look, I think, get the round figures in place, you know, don't be don't be trying to make savings at this point of the year. And maybe another important point too that we're, we're trying to stress to people is that, you know, there's a lot of times where people think, you know, one big cut of silage is going to do them and they're going to sort of give up on the notion of a, of a second cut. In previous years when we've seen problems with fodder shortages, often the problem on a lot of farms has been, you know, a failure to make a second cut. They relied too much on this big, heavy first cut and didn't go again. Uh, and that can cause its own problems too, particularly with quality and actually with yield as well. So don't be relying on one big, heavy cut for this year. Uh, it's, you know, meal is going to be expensive next year. You need a bit of quality as well to keep cattle moving along. Uh, so, you know, just be careful on that one too. I'd say, Fertiliser now, plan for the cutting by sort of the end of May at, at, in around that time. That's what we would be saying. 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, Joe, uh, just when I have you, the scheme for the multi-species sward and the clover, uh, there's, a, there's a payment yeah. there for, for seed. Can you just uh, tell us about that for a second, please? Yeah, I think the, the, that's closing up in the next day or so. It's closing up. The details are on... Uh, you can log in and apply for that for, for through agfood.ie, through your, through your Department of Ag login. Um, Look, us. You can if there's a problem with that, give us give any of our give our advisor your advisor a shout uh, tomorrow on it if you, if if so, if you so wish. Um, essentially, what they're doing there is subsidising the department are going to you know sponsor or subsidise the, the the purchase of the seed for those for those crops, uh, and then you've got to the end of the summer, I suppose, to get that going with to, to get those bought and in the, in, the, in the ground with the participating merchants. So look, at we would have seen over the years the better time is the better time is to. Um, do as a spring reseed I suppose but just be careful for anyone thinking of that that you know make sure you have enough feed and there's not you know there's enough feed available on the farm that you're not taking out too much ground for, for reseeding it's uh, the other big point of those two Andrew is that any of those crops are going to need very good soil fertility very good lime um, status as well so you know it's not as simple as just you know getting the getting the bag and, and, and putting it out there there's a bit of planning needed but look at agfood.ie log in you can make your application and then see how you go for for the, for, the, for for getting the seed into the ground later on you know uh, very good Joe I'm going to say many thanks for joining me on the programme this evening and we'll speak to you again here on uh, Country Life very good thanks very much okay thank you uh, Joe Patton there from Chagas and look that is the advice and uh, as Joe said you have to look at your own enterprise and have a, have a think about the amount of stock you're going to have next year and you just you need enough silage for your stock uh, regardless I know we, we, we always do every year but sometimes we might cut it a little bit short and uh, that's what you're talking 80 units per acre um, really at the, at the kind of minimum uh, probably up onto 100 usually on a given year but 80 is uh, is what you would get away with, with slurry so look you're talking what um, three bags of maybe pasture sward 24 two and a half, ten, 10 or, or, or whatever the case may be but that's that's about your base minimum there uh, to grow uh, sufficient silage and uh, those figures you're looking at as well uh, 8 ton per cow so roughly an acre 8 to 10 ton really is what you're going to be talking about on first cut silage so you can see how the large scale dairy farms need some amount of silage at that uh, 150-200 cows and we're talking 150-200 acres really a huge 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 feed demand so uh Look, dairy farmers kind of have no choice. They have to go uh, go heavy with it, as, as always, when you're highly stocked. Uh, the dry stock farmers have the choice, as Joe said, of cutting back, maybe selling some stock, uh, depending on what your system is. But uh, that's the advice, and this is the week to go. Uh, now, coming up after the break, we're going to be speaking to Pat O'Keefe from Glanbia. We're going to be talking about their fixed milk price scheme. Uh, it's on the table for the next three years, and uh, that, among uh, some other topical issues from Glanbia. So stay tuned. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, I'm joined on the line by Pat O'Keefe from Glambia. Pat, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks, MJ. Uh, Pat, a fixed milk price scheme on the table from Glambia. Can you explain the particulars to us, please? Yeah, so look, fixed milk price schemes, I suppose, are an option for farmers to, to try and manage the volatility that has traditionally been there in dairy markets. So the current prices for dairy um, from milk at the farm gate you know, are in the high 40s, which is you know, record highs, but obviously farm input costs are at record highs as well, and it's very volatile. So the fixed milk price scheme is a three-year option where somebody can lock in the price, the base price they're going to get for the milk. Uh, traditionally, those prices were in the low 30s, you know, 31 or 30 or 31 or 32 cent a litre. This one is at 42 cent a litre for this year. 
and 40 centimetre then for, for the next two years. So 42, 40, 40, which is a, a record high, but then against that, you've record high input costs. So I suppose it's a, an option to look at uh, fixing some milk to kind of guard against the risk of any change in the current market scenario. Uh, yeah, and at that, uh, Pat, look, these uh, fixed price, they're a hedge, I suppose. Uh, that, that That's what they are, and it's up to the farmer to, to look at his or her own situation. But at the moment, uh, looking at 50 cents and then looking at a fixed price of 42, you know, it's unlikely um, many farmers will, will dip in at the 42. It would, it would, be, it would be a big, uh, big difference between 42 and 50 uh, for the time being. Absolutely, that's the case, MJ, and that's the, the reality when farmers, and you're exactly right, everyone has to wait up for themselves and make that call. You know, the, the milk price yesterday that we announced was 47, so if you're fixing at 42, that, that's a negative hit. And then it's the question of weighing it up in terms of the benefits of having some milk locked in at 42 for later this year and 40 for next year, obviously, in the context of we just don't know what the market will do. At the moment, supply is tight globally in all the main regions, so there's no sign of change but who knows in terms of how the consumer will react to current prices and also in terms of like China and buying and we just don't know so it's exactly as you said it's an option for people to look at based on their own circumstances and their own you know ability to handle risk as well just in case I didn't mention there is a feed adjuster in it because feed price has been volatile and rising in recent months due to the the Ukraine and Russian impact and um, there is a feed adjuster element tied in there where basically if feed price goes up by 50 euro a ton, the fixed milk price would go up by half a cent a litre as well. So that's a kind of an insurance policy on the feed side. And, and, and it's just a one-way bet. If the feed price doesn't rise or, or goes down, you know, there's no impact on the milk price. So that, that's an additional piece that goes in as part of the summer uh, On In general, uh, Pat, with these uh, fixed uh, price schemes, what, uh, what percentage of uh, milk do farmers lock in on average? Yeah, so look, there's a good range. On, uh, in the Glambia case, We've been at this a long time. This is scheme number 18. So there's been over 3 billion litres put through the schemes over the years, MJ. And you know, traditionally, people would fix 15 to 25% maybe be typical. And there's probably 2,000 farmers of our 4,500 farmers would use the fixed price scheme. So there's a whole quarter of farmers don't use them. Um, but that, that, I suppose they make their own choices. But there was some people went up very high. And I suppose recently we had to try and address that because some people were quite, you know, with prices, fixed in the low 30s and costs in the low 30s, they were in a very, very challenging scenario. So we've taken steps there recently to try and help those people through that current challenge in the sense of the exceptional circumstances we find are in where feed and fertilizer prices have gone. And speaking of uh, fertilizer prices, uh, Pat, and input prices in general, uh, another very volatile at the moment. Uh, what are your uh, suppliers saying to you in relation to, to these costs? We just had a, a piece with Joe Panton from Chagas uh, trying to push mainly dry stock farmers to spread fertiliser. Are, are you finding your uh, suppliers are, are on point that they're business as usual? Uh, it's not, MJ. Look, it's been a very difficult year for farmers in terms of the volatility and the rise in you know, fertiliser prices and you know paying a thousand euro a ton and more for urea. I mean, no one predicted it really, but it has been a kind of a gas-related rise. And, and the war, even before the war, obviously there was a rise in fertilizer prices. So, but in the last few months, a number of people have purchased. I suppose, obviously, from a national point of view, there's a fear and a concern that we we, we make sure we have enough silage in the pit for next winter because, in terms of seed availability, obviously. We won't have corn from Ukraine in the same extent. We won't have Russian byproducts that we might have had in the past. So feed prices have risen. And if you look at the forward prices, say for grain, for the Irish grain for next harvest, I mean, this week we would have offered 300 euro a ton for barley and 310 for wheat. 
off the combine, uh, you know, as a fixed price offer for the grain farmer. And that obviously gets passed on then to the, to the beef and dairy farmer. So, and those prices are volatile. I mean, they, they, they've gone up and down a lot in the last number of weeks. So the, the fertilizer piece, fertilizer, even as expensive as it is, it's still the cheapest feed on the farm, especially at this time of year, you know, when you get a good response with the nitrogen. And I'm sure the target's advice is to use it accordingly yeah. at the time of year when you get the highest response in terms of kilograms of feed delivered from your kilograms of fertilizer applied. For a uh, uh, concentrate price going forward, then, uh, Pat, if we were talking three hundred euro for for green barley, uh, dairy nuts are are they're going to be they're going to be expensive. There's no question about it. All the current projections, MJ, would, would point to that. But look, they, they do move around. But the current prices are, you know, they're probably what seventy euro a ton um, ahead of where they were this time last year. But all the forward prices are higher in the sense that if you were to replace the ingredients today, you'll get them which would pay more. So in other words, the 300,000 tonnes of Ukrainian corn that would have come into Ireland in the past has to be replaced with something else. And, and it's out there in Canada and America and Argentina. But again, you'll pay for it and obviously shipping and logistics. So, so there's plenty of challenges. The team are working through them. All the forecasts are for higher prices. But look, it's a volatile thing. You wouldn't want to be looking too far ahead either. It's kind of looking at your own business and how you can, you know, I think getting good quality silage made in the short term is the first priority for farmers rather than, you know, worrying about other things that they can't control, perhaps, you know. So I'd be taking the childish advice on that in terms of what the guidance is in terms of maximising their forage production and quality forage in particular because uh, concentrates will be more expensive than they would have been in the past, probably. And uh, finally, Pat, before I let you go, uh, last year, uh, Glambia announced your uh, peak milk uh, penalty if you went over by a certain percentage in April, May and June. So we're now in April 2022, so it's going to be the first month it uh, it kicks in. I know grass growth hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. Probably no one really producing much more at the moment. But uh, May and June, just around the corner, uh, what are your uh, suppliers saying? Pat, is this going to hit many people, do you think, this year? Looking at where we are today, MJ, I mean, supply for the first time probably since quotas went in 2015, year to year on year is behind. Now, there's reasons for that, obviously, with the weather being not particularly good, grass supply, like the fertilizer application maybe being lower than normal. So supply, for example, last week was 3.5% below the previous year on average. And people got individual allocations and they contract those. And obviously, they got an increase relative to last year. So look, it's something we're watching closely. It's not a situation we want to be in, but you know, we have the planning today which forces into that situation. So the peak allocations are there. Currently, like I say, the factories have capacity because supply year on year is behind last year. We're watching it very closely and we'll keep them farm as well informed as we can. We'd encourage them to use Gambia Connect and track their own uh, volume. But like I say, currently supply is running behind last year. Yeah, it all depend on grass growth as well, really, won't it, Pat, I suppose? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Pat, I'll say many thanks for joining me this evening and running through those issues, and uh, look, we'll speak to you again on the programme. Thank you, MJ. Uh, Pat O'Keefe there from uh, Glanbia, and uh, that's the details of that fixed price scheme. You're talking 42, 40 and 40, and uh, who knows? You would need, I, I don't know what you would need in farming at the moment, a crystal ball we often mention here on the programme. Uh, I wonder would that do any good uh, what is around the corner but uh, 300 euro for uh, barley uh, in forward price contracts wow uh, that is uh, that is very 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 expensive um, and that is it's, look it's good money for the tillage farmer and they need every penny of it with the way uh, inputs are gone but just when it goes on across into concentrates uh, be it beef or be it dairy uh, it is going to add as Pat said up on 70 euro a tonne fertiliser in around that thousand as well at the moment uh, it's just 
it is uh, eye-watering, really, on the input side of things. Uh, now, just before I go to a break, a uh, press release in there from the Farmer's Journal. So what is the headline tomorrow? The headline tomorrow is stricter schemes needed in new cap. Uh, so the European Commission stated that Ireland's draft cap strategic plan does not go far enough in addressing environmental issues. Uh, so we're not quite there yet uh, in relation to dairy expansion and water quality, emissions and biodiversity loss. More needs to be done. Uh, so we uh, we don't have our, uh, we're not set in stone yet on, uh, on what we may have to do for next year's cap. Uh, the journal is also looking at the ban on the sale of turf, which I mentioned at the start of the programme. As Pat O'Keefe said there, over 300 euros a tonne has been offered this week for uh, barley by Glanbia and Dairy Gold. So prices are up roughly 50% on last year's basic harvest. Um, Wow. Okay, so that's the figure uh, we're at on that. And uh, the journal also speak about Chagas's economic survey, which we spoke about earlier on, how dairy farmers are looking like they are going to avoid much losses in 2022. But that's at current prices. So who knows what's around the corner. But uh, all of that and more in tomorrow's Farmer's Journal. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about seaweed as a uh, mineral supplement for livestock, for, uh, for cattle and for sheep and for pigs and for poultry. And there is a family business down in County Mayo called CLAC uh, offering all of these products and we're going to speak to Jennifer Dempsey in just a moment. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103 and I'm delighted to be joined online now by Jennifer Dempsey from a company called CLAC. Uh, Jennifer, many thanks for taking my call this evening. No problem, thanks for having me. Uh, you're more than welcome Jennifer and we're going to talk about your uh, business in a moment, CLAC and all the different uh, products you have on offer but first, can you tell me please how did you and your family get involved in harvesting and selling seaweed. Where was the, the light bulb moment in all of this, please? Um, so my parents would have a background in agriculture. We would have um, a pig farm and a chicken farm. We grow chickens in Kelchamaw. So I suppose um, they were trying to improve herd health on the pig farm and reduce antibiotics, the use on it. So mm-hmm. they looked into a few different ways of you know trying to go about that and then they stumbled across uh, the seaweed, the natural route they had kind of looked into how it was used uh, years ago and they just went into that and that's where we are and now th- and that that was the start of it's interesting because uh we did a piece last week on a native breed of sheep down in your neck of the woods as well a bit bit further away down in connemara and uh their predominantly their diet was seaweed uh, so it's funny how how things link in uh for the uh the the products that you sell uh so how does it work you go out and you pick the seaweed and then what happens next what's the the process so it gets harvested so we harvest along the west coast so mainly uh, Galway we get our seaweed from and then it comes down to our plant in Kelchamaw where it's washed and then it's put into a shed and hung by hand for between three to five days depending on the size of the load and then once it's dried it's then shredded and then milled down to size depending on what product we're trying to get so labour intensive it sounds it's all done by hand i presume yeah it is quite labour intensive the hanging the turning of it and then the shredding and the milling so it is yeah it does take time but and i see on your website i have it up in front of me here and there's a there's some live videos there's a there's a pig here and he's nearly going to jump out of the, the screen at me he's uh, he must be in great form with the, with the products but uh, underneath it i see calves horses pigs sheep 
uh, and products for humans, but we'll, we'll concentrate on the animal side of things. So yeah, you have a number of different products. If we look at calves, for example, uh, a lot of our listeners are dairy beef farmers and uh, calves on uh, lots of farms throughout the Midlands and indeed Ireland at the moment. So uh, let's say I'm rearing calves. What would you recommend for me to give as a, as a product to the calves at the moment, please? Yeah, so the calves, we have a, pro- a product there. It's Good Gut Health with the seaweed powder that can go into the, mil- the whole milk or the milk replacer. For, um, it can be given from birth for three weeks. So it's 10 grams once a day um, and it just goes through the milk for the calves. So this is, I suppose, this is an easier way of getting it into them because, you know, each calf is getting them. Um, it's just all about getting the gut right from the start. So... And let's talk about the, the cost of that one, uh, Jennifer, because that, that's a fairly straightforward uh, product. Three weeks to each calf. Everyone can do it. It can go in through the, through the milk bar or, or whatever way you're feeding. So you're talking uh, 10 grams per day. How does that work out per head over the course of the three weeks? So the, we have a 10 kilo bucket there that will do the 40 calves for three weeks and it's 140. So that was about 350, or 50 per calf for the three weeks. Yeah, so it's a, it's a nominal amount. Like we're not talking huge money here for something that uh, that could you know really benefit your herd. Um, speaking about the uh, the gut and getting the gut right, and uh, we often uh, mention about uh, antibiotic use here on the farm. And I know there's a big program called One Health at the moment, trying to reduce antibiotic usage on farm. Uh, can you explain to our listeners just how important is that really good gut health from the start? For us, it would be vital from the start. So the idea of the powder is getting it into the calves from the start. You know, it's going directly into the gut. It's helping with the good bacteria. It's helping to build up the immune system. So then you're looking that, you you know, you would be reducing the use of antibiotics on the farm. You have a healthier calf. You know, they're thriving. Um, it's also great for the digestive system, you know, reducing scour. Small problems like that that might, you know, set them back. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, then we give that for the three weeks and then we crack on. Our calves are eating, uh, they're eating nuts, they're eating concentrate for us. Uh, so what, uh, what product do we recommend then? Then you could use the seaweed flake. So the flake can be used for all animals, all ages. Um, again, it's only a small amount. It's 10 grams per head per day. So you just be topping that off on top of the crunch for the animals. So this is, um, this is it's, it's harder to gauge, you know, with this one who's getting what, but it is a great product for just thrown on top of the crunch and leaving it there. So this will kind of help to push them on, you know, it increases the appetite. This helps for them to utilise the feed better. And uh, the the minerals and the vitamins in, in this product, in, in your seaweed, uh, what, what are we talking about? I know when we buy these boluses, we see on the pack, it says iodine, magnesium, selenium and copper, full stop. That's it, that's what it is. But seaweed, it's a, it's a broader spectrum. Yeah, so seaweed, seaweed is quite broad. It has over 60 different minerals and vitamins. So you'd have, you know, things like copper, calcium, cobalt, or iodine. Then you'd have your vitamin B12, A, E, C, and they're just some of them. So this is a great way of getting natural supplements into them, for one. Um, and two, you know, each animal are different. So the animal will take what they need from the seaweed and then flush out the rest. They'll never hold on to it. So they could, different animals could be lacking in different minerals or vitamins, but this covers them all. And uh, farmers that use your, your products then, uh, what, do they, what do they say, Jennifer, when they're coming back and they're talking to you? Is there a, a specific thing that they'll say such as, well, I, you know, I saw this with calves and since I started using your product, they have better coats or they're growing better or they're drinking less milk or they're eating more grass. Is there, is there one thing or is it a variety of things that people come back to with? There are a few things depending on what, you know, what, 
what age or what, you know what if what age animal is getting it. But one thing for the calf, the one line we would get a lot from farmers is that it turns them inside out. Mm. Just their the shine on them, they're healthier, they're thriving, they're not having any setbacks. So the support in for the calves, that would be the one line I get a lot from farmers that you know it turned them inside out. Yeah, hundred percent. I also see uh, a lick bucket here, and uh, I'm presuming uh, this is for well, it it, it it's for cattle. Uh, could probably be used for cows, maybe before the breeding season as well. Uh, could be an option. Yeah, so this is just a great way of getting still kind of getting your minerals into them when they're out to grass. Um, it's just kind of a, you know for maintenance. We'd, there'd be over five kilos of seaweed in each bucket, so it is a high amount of seaweed in it that the, the cows are benefiting from it. Yeah, and you just alluded you just alluded to it there because that was going to be my question. Uh, some people are a little bit dub- dubious on uh, lick buckets because they think they're basically full of molasses, and you're paying a lot of money for yeah. uh, essentially, essentially uh, you know, molasses and and not much else. But uh, you're guaranteeing there's five kilos worth of seaweed in each one, which is which is a good amount. Yeah, and then you'd have obviously your, you know, your calcium and your magnesium and you know your zinc and whatever else added in it. So that was one thing with us with our bucket looks. We didn't just want a molasses lick. We wanted a bucket where farmers would see a result from using it. Yeah, which is which is exactly right. Uh, the um, the product then and the business, uh, Jennifer. Look, it's all well and good to go out and and harvest the seaweed and make the product, but you have to do the hard part, and that's selling it. And uh, you have yeah. a fine website here. I have to say, sealac.ie, S-E-A-L-A-C. Um, how do you get your products to to market? Firstly, I suppose adver- advertising. How did you get your name out there to start? What was your uh, modus operandi? Um, the the brand name mm. was it? Yeah, the brand name uh, and the company in general. How did you get people to hear about it? So just advertising, you know, Instagram, Facebook, kind of, it's that's tricky with marketing is quite hard, but mm. it's just all about, you know, word of mouth too with the farmers is great, you know, online presence. Um, and and then when when as you say word of mouth probably probably the big one in in all business in Ireland. Uh, when somebody wants your product, uh, is it sold direct through your website or is it sold through uh, shops? How, how how does it work? So uh, we have a, do have a shop online um, that farmers can use, our customers can use, and it's free delivery over 100, and it's normally next day delivery or else um, up, up that area. It's in the Port Leash Veterinary do stock some of our products, and it is in selective homeland stores. Fantastic stuff. And uh, do you get to go to bed at all, uh, Jennifer, With um, <laughs> between harvesting the seaweed, making the products, selling it? Uh, it's yourself and your sister mainly involved, is it? Uh, so be family business. So be mom and dad, and then me and my sister. But we do we do have a great, um, you know, a manager out on the out in the plant, Edivan, who does you know all the he organises all the labour intensive. You know, he's running that side of things. So he's a great help to us. Yeah, fantastic. How many years are you at it? How many years uh, since 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 day one? Um, five years since day one. But for the animal products, this will be our third year at it. Actually, you're only, you're only in, in infancy. So, well, I'm going to say, Manny, thanks for joining me, uh, Jennifer. A great rundown there on all your products. And uh, people can log on to sealac.ie and they can see exactly what's there for themselves. And uh, look, we wish you all the best uh, in the future. I know you sell up around the Midlands and uh, in Westmead, you were mentioned to me earlier on. So we wish you uh, continued success for what is a, what's a great natural product. So well done. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me.
And that was Jennifer Dempsey from CELAC. And as I said, uh, that's the website there, CELAC.ie. Now, that is it for this evening's programme. And uh, we had a busy lineup as always. I'm going to thank Jennifer there for joining me. Also, thanks to Pat O'Keefe from Glanmia, uh, giving us details on that fixed milk price scheme. Joe Patton from Chagas, who was given the info there on uh, this week being the week to uh, go out and spread fertiliser. And uh, also, we ran through a few topical items at the start of the hour. Now, the show is repeated on Sunday morning at that earlier time of 6.30am and uh, I'll be back with you this time next week. As always, you can log on to midlands103.com and you can scroll down to the listen back section and you can listen to uh, the programme anytime you want. It's just there. Uh, click on the button and uh, you can hear it at uh, at any time and uh, you can pause it it's up on SoundCloud so you have that option as well and uh, I'll be back with you this time next week hopefully after a great week's growth that's what we're looking for now over the course of the next seven days uh, Joe Crooney is up next with Country Roads and I'll speak to you in seven days good night and God bless